Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the rude, the crude, the socially unacceptable. The very spilly. <laughs> the very spilly. <laughs> very grumpy. Very grumpy. It's the wet ass podcast. No, it's the conscious ever podcast, although it is very wet already. I am Midnight Tyler, Tyler Hardwick. Who else is on the show today? I'm Ryan. <laughs> Kyla, are you are you on the show today? Yes, I'm here. Yep. Carla fucking Sanchez. Yep, just cleaning up this fucking... And okay. the, uh, the wet-ass puddle. The Possum King. Bladon. Old Brick. I think every... <laughs> Old Brick? Blayton <laughs> Allright. <laughs> I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. I think every intro that we have done since we rebooted the podcast <laughs> has involved some mishap. Dropping something, spilling something. Technical difficulty. We're never going to get this kind right. Of technical difficulty. <laughs> we kill the recorder. We kill Kendall for not changing the card in the recorder. Oh, yeah. You never heard that because it didn't record. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, this time, now, finally, <laughs> we are prepared. And we have a very special episode this time. We have on a good friend of ours, Elijah Lecty. He just came out with his uh, first film, uh, Space Bangers. came out Halloween night, and he's going to tell us all about it and some cool behind-the-scenes stories. And the podcast's very own, Bladen, Albright, Allright, Albrick. Albrecht, all of him. Blade on. Yes, blade on. All of him were in this film in Possum multiple King. roles. All of him. Yes, all of him. <laughs> all my multiple personalities. All of his multiple personalities played a different character in this film. It's great. You need to go watch it. Uh, and you can find that. You can go to southboundproductions.com. You can find it there. You can also find it on Vimeo and YouTube. Uh, you want to search for Southbound Productions Space Bangers. Mm. He was also N- not together. the pole boy. Boom. Pole boy. Boom man. Boom guy. Boom boy. Boomer. Boom how? Boom how? Got a dang old dang podcast. You know, man. What I'm saying? Just spill a drink everywhere, man. Yeah, boomer. Yes. Bladen. What, Dad? Been watching King of the Hill lately. It's been pretty awesome. What? I've been watching King of the Hill lately. I'm on season five. I came into the house last night and all I hear is Bobby. <laughs> we have some experience in that because here at the studio we like to drink a lot of boom heisers. Yep. Oh yes. Now, anyway, as always, you can find uh, everything from Conscious Effort Creative, including all the past episodes of the podcast at ConsciousEffortCreative.com, and there's a snazzy little store there with some sleek and slimming effort shirts that you can buy, and you can follow along. On social media, Facebook and Instagram, at ConsciousEffortCreative.com. And if you listen to this on iTunes uh, and you like the show, give us, uh, give us a review. Give us five stars. It's great. It really helps us out. And we appreciate it. I give us five stars. Kyla always gives us five stars. Carla gives us five stars, too. I did. That's because, nice of her. Well, I know. But there has been people that have told me that they try to listen to the podcast through the link. Sometimes it doesn't work with their phone. So I said, go to, because these are people that have, like, iPhones. I was like, go to iTunes and, like, search it up. And they did. And they can listen to it with no, like, no interruptions. I don't know what what it is. 
Oh, um, I have no idea what it is. I, I had but someone, it does work, and that's I, how I listen. I had someone tell me that if uh, you have the like the default settings for the podcast on the uh, website, that if your screen is set to a certain time to like turn like go to sleep mode, yeah. it will turn oh, off okay. the podcast. And there's that a, makes sense. There's a setting on the on the website, or you know. Like the, the streamer, the little player. Yeah, that you can change that to play we'll even when you're screaming. While it's in sleep mode as yeah. well. Yes, and you should be able to find the podcast on all your favorite podcast apps, on iTunes, on Spotify, yeah. or on uh, iHeartRadio. That's uh, a, that's where I, I use mine from the, yes. the, yeah. iTunes, they do have an iPhone. It's a great place to listen to. And if it's not on your favorite place to listen to podcasts, email us at ConsciousEffortCreative at gmail.com. And we will get it on your favorite podcast app. Unless and, it's on OnlyFans, and then we're going to have to charge for that. Yes. And while you're waiting, you can also just tune up some uh, albums that Conscious Effort has produced and released, like Spectre, uh, Breathing Room, Damien Baker. Yes, you can find all those on your favorite streaming platforms as well. Also on iTunes and Spotify and Amazon, Google Play, all that fun stuff. Uh, and if you like those... Leave those a review. Give them a five star. It's great. Helps people find it and hear more about it. Uh, and that's that's the best thing going right now. Uh, tell a friend. That friend tells a friend. And more people find it. And you get the word out. Speaking of local art, well, we should probably get to Elijah. Whoa! The Space Bangers! <laughs> Tune in at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to get the latest sportscast up. Your wallets and your heart. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound. Can you see me? What? Yeah, I can see you all the way over there. Oh, uh, well, I can't, I can't see anybody, so I didn't know if it was working. Yeah. So, Elijah, can you hear everybody uh, well enough? Yeah, I can hear everybody. Sure. Alrighty. Well, Elijah, welcome to the Conscious Effort Podcast. How are you doing today? I mean, the world is ending, but other than that, I'm pretty good. We picked a Everyone's very fitting night insane. for this. <laughs> yeah, this, this may be the, the last podcast I ever do. He's <laughs> a... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've got about 35 minutes or so before the nukes land, but so we'll be all right. We'll be all right. I can get a couple of beers down before then. <laughs> so I believe it's been probably about a year since you were last up here and visited the studio. And at that time, you were in the middle of working on a film called Space Bangers that just came out on Halloween night. Yeah. First of all, can you tell everybody where they can go find this at? Uh, well... I'm trying to get some website traffic, so you can go to www.southboundproductions.com, but I know a lot of people probably don't want to be watching on their phones or, or whatnot, so you can go directly to Vimeo or YouTube and type in Southbound Productions or Space Bangers Full, and the film should be available. I'm actually thinking of maybe putting it directly to Facebook as well because I just want as many people to see it as possible. And for that reason, you launched this uh, completely free as well. It doesn't cost anything to go watch it, right? 
Yeah, it's free. And the, I'm trying to get possible donations from anyone, but I'm not, you know, we're in the, the COVID thing, so nobody's got any money. So if that's not the truth, it's free. Go go laugh. <laughs> and you can like find the links and stuff to all the like websites and stuff on like Facebook, right? Southbound Productions as well. And I'm sure there's yeah, plenty of posts that will take you to where you Facebook, need. Facebook, um, Instagram. We don't have a Twitter set up, I'm, but yeah, you can just type in Space Bangers Full Film on uh, Facebook. And there you should have it, all the links and other production elements from the past. Now, do you have a shop or anything where people can get uh, shirts as well? Yeah, we. Uh, I have a few shirts, um, some sweatshirts, long sleeve shirts. It's on the, the website, southboundproductions.com. And everything's reasonably priced. You can... I do have a uh, discount code set up for the first T-shirt on there. You just type in bangers and get 20% off. Um, so, yeah. It's a pretty banging deal. 20% <laughs> off? Uh, I did I like that. that. <laughs> you bang and it bangs you back. back. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, Elijah, uh, Space Bangers, this is your, your, your first film that you've released. Is that correct? It is my debut feature. I did a short film like three years ago called Waste, which is also on YouTube. But this is like, yes, my first debut legit film that I want something to become of it. So in your own words, uh, how would you describe the film? Somebody straight off the streets, or somebody run into an elevator. Well, what, what is the film to you? Um, hey man, you want to trip on acid without doing acid? <laughs> Fair. Uh, I totally got nuts. that vibe. Huh? I said I totally got that vibe when I was watching it. I was asking Blade and I was like, am I like, is, is this what I think it is? He's like, just keep watching. You wouldn't fucking tell me anything. It's art, man. It's whatever it makes you feel. Yeah, that's what he kept saying. No, I didn't want the mic to be closer. Am I loud, Elijah? Um, just you're loud enough, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Tyler like brought the fucking mic towards me. Anyway. You know, that's the same thing everybody says about Kyla. It's yeah. strange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So Elijah, did you you what exactly was your involvement in this film? Uh, you you write it and direct it both? Yes. So the whole story behind writing this was I was actually. I had graduated college and was sitting around for like a year. And then I got the opportunity to move to Morocco, um, North Africa, because of my, my girlfriend. And I was living there for like five months. And I felt like uh, Bill Murray in that film Lost in Translation because the language barrier was so large. Like some people spoke English, but... Mainly it was like Arabic and French. So I just had a lot of time on my hands to talk to myself and, and, and do such things like that. And in that time, in the five months I was living there, I, I wrote Space Bangers, 
in the script form and was like, I ended up uh, messaging Bladen. He was like the first person I messaged. I just remembered uh, uh, I knew him back in high school and he was like, I want to be an actor. And I was like, let's go. I'm, I'm going to go to Indiana and film this thing. And I still sound like that to this yeah, day. Yeah, you did a great <laughs> yeah. impression of him. Too, so that was spot on. <laughs> yeah, but, but anyway, I, I ended up um, directing it. Uh, producing, writing, and doing everything that I, I really could to just get it done. And, and and in the filmmaking world, like it's nice to have more crew and, and more people involved. But this being like my my debut thing, it was just really in the back of my mind that this is just something I want to get out into the world. So. I played multiple roles. I, I wore multiple hats, and it's overall a pretty good film, but an amazing learning experience for me, and I'm sure everyone involved. Now, speaking of like the multiple hats and stuff, now obviously I was there, so I, I know the answer to this question. But uh, you know, like, what kind of uh, what went into making this? I guess more in a uh, like. Finance, like you were talking about, like, you know, the larger crew is always like appreciated in the film industry. So like, what, what did you have to work with when you were making this? Yeah. So in the film world, to put into context to any audience out there that doesn't know is that your average low budget feature probably has like 12 crew. Your average indie film probably has 30 people behind the camera. Your average Marvel movie probably has 300 to 500 people. Our film had like three. <laughs> and uh, some One, of those people were, were swapping off, right? <laughs> yeah, everybody played different roles. Um, Bladen was a sound guy. He was, uh, he did the slate. Um, what else did you do? He, he did uh, so many things. and. Moving stuff and is basically grip is the fancy term for dude that picks up things and moves them. I was about to ask that. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh, the boom guy, we called him the shit getter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, wait a second. You got to be the boom guy. Yeah. The boom guy. Oh, fuck yeah. I tell you the boom. I, I am not made to be a boom dude. dude I'll tell I've you I've always wanted the, to be the boom guy. I, I don't get how guys can stand at that position all day and just Ooh. hold it there. For, for those that don't know, explain what a, what a boom guy is. Uh, well, we had like a broomstick. And then some mechanism <laughs> that like held a shotgun I mic. Love it. Um, okay, it was a paint, like a painter's pole, but uh, it was made of wood. We, so you guys upgraded over did, time. Did that come out of the budget or did we just find that as well? That was some junk we found. <laughs> and the funniest thing about it is the, the pole was longer than the XLR cable. Like this thing stretched. 25 feet this painter's pole you just it just kept going and going and going. <laughs> so was the the smaller boomstick thing was that just a roller stick you know oh yeah that was just the the thing for interiors to make bladen look like he didn't know what he was doing because <laughs> he didn't so this is what has the microphone strapped to the end of it that you're holding above above the camera in the shot to record all the audio yeah, the the boom the boom guy is like he is 
like the saint of filmmaking, but nobody's praying to him. Like nobody cares <laughs> about the boom guy, but he's probably, if not as important as the director, you know, because a film with bad sound is, is bad. And, um, yeah, he's just, well, you can't see me, but he, he's like standing all day with his, with his arms up having the camera to get good audio. And it has to be like positioned a certain, like you got to get some weird angle sometimes on the boom mic to stay out. Like you don't just walk into the room and just throw the boom guy there. Like he has to like position himself kind of strategically to get as close to the actor as he can or to the sound while staying out of the shot. And that's why they gave him that really long stick, right? Like, so he can kind of stay back more and put it above the shot or below. So yeah. My question is, did you have to crop out any scenes because the boom guy got the mic in the shot? No, actually, we... Um, I think I did pretty good. We did it pretty strategically so that, um, you know, we would frame things. And, you know, when I was boom guy, um, Sarah, who was co-director and, and DP of this, you know, would say where the frame is if they're in shot. And um, there were a few times it would get in, but we just didn't end up using those takes. Um, now, for, I guess, those who haven't seen the movie yet, but um, the the car scene, um, I, don't, I don't know if this is right or not, but didn't one of us have to lay in on the, like, the back seat with the boom like just the small boomstick and like either lay on the floor or on the seat so we could get the conversation out of the car. Yes. For all any car scenes you see in the movie, you got to like try to put it out of your head that I'm literally sitting in the back seat with a microphone and these girls (laughs) are like putting on phenomenal performances while I'm just sitting there with like this rod shaped mic right up to their face. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. So, so let's talk about that real quickly. You said behind the scenes you had about three people as your crew. Uh, how many different actors you had in this, in this thing? How many people were involved in that? Um, well, we had the, the two main actresses uh, came from L.A. They were, I, when I lived in L.A. several years ago, they were just people I, I worked with in like short films. And uh, I had originally written this for for men, but it just came to my mind that they would be perfect for these kind of roles. Um, and then the rest of the talent, like uh, the Times Square Spider Guy and, and everything, was uh, everyone came from Indiana. And, and there was a few people from Terre Haute, uh, obviously from Ligoti. Uh, one girl was from Washington, and uh, I want to say we had like thirty people in the cast, but that's not—that's kind of just estimating. So I mean, for for a film of this budget, like I like to say that it was the equivalence of buying a burrito at a gas station. That's pretty much our budget. <laughs> like we had a very large cast. 
which was a challenge. How well did everybody get along as far as like making it all work together and the chemistry of you guys? Like, did it all go really smooth from the get go or did you guys have a couple setbacks and have to like, you know, take a minute and be like, okay, look, take a breather. Let's get back to this. We have to get to the, the main picture. Yeah. I mean, this being full of Hoosiers, like <laughs> things, easy. <laughs> yeah, just things sort of like, yeah. And everyone was easygoing and, and there was no one um, verbally or or noticeably angry about everything. We had maybe one mishap on one night. We got like a prop that or some, the girl's jacket or something got dirty. And but that wasn't like anything big. Mm-hmm. I want to uh, if I can add in. Um, <clears throat> truthfully, we we didn't have uh, the time to be to be angry or, you know, for things not to just yeah. be easygoing. Um, that was going to be we, another question I was going to ask is how, how long it took to make this or like yeah, how much time you had to do. We filmed that in about, uh, about like a, eight days. Yeah. I was, yeah. That's crazy. You really? filmed the entire you, you thing filmed in eight everything days? in eight days. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's phenomenal. We built our schedule around the girls and you know, this is a film that should have been filmed like, we should have had a full month to do this, but they could only be here for for like nine days, and one of those days was um, airplanes. So we had to film everything in in eight days. <laughs> it was a lot of. I think the entire crew and actors just lived in your basement, right? And then, yeah, we, well, you did, but I did, yeah. And then, I mean, you guys <laughs> lived there, and then the other, you know, the two other actresses, they they didn't have anywhere else to go. So, way to call yeah, me out, did. I guess. You had a very comfortable floor, though, I'll say. Um, <laughs> but we'd we'd get up at like what butt crack of dawn and film until you know the ass crack of night. Yeah, I'd say it was if not 12 hours a day, it was a little more for some days. Um, we would do like three scenes a day, which is really crazy. Really, um, you know, it's, it's normal to, to do one scene, uh, in three days, just focus on one thing, but we just didn't have the time and travel time too. You know, we had to drive everywhere. Yeah. All over Davis and Martin County, Indiana. So these two girls that you met in L.A., they flew all the way out here to Indiana to film this whole thing in eight days. Yeah, that's that's very impressive because the, the it's a feature length film. It's it's an hour and a half long. It's not short by any means. Uh, and that sounds like a lot of logistics to get together uh, and get everything done and get everybody in the same place to get it all done in eight days. And I suppose it's like you said, you got to film 12 hours a day every day in order to do that it would have had to been it would have had to have been very organized that's what i was gonna say like when i went into watching this i thought it was going to be around an hour you know i see most indie films and things even those tend to be around maybe an hour or maybe an hour 15 this is an hour and 30 minutes and everything looked very crisp for something you know of this like stature even um luckily uh i finished the script like two months before filming so getting them on board was 
was relatively easy. And, and, and as for scheduling, um, I didn't do much of that. That was like all Sarah. I was about to say that's pretty much all Sarah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I, I'm a man. I'm, I'm not like good with organizing. <laughs> Sarah kept us in line. Well, she did a uh, good job. I said, Sarah kept us in line. Yeah. I mean, when I, when, when you think about it, like when I went to school, I went to school for, for acting and, um, through that, I was on a few sets, uh, in the film world. So my, my knowledge of filmmaking was just through the visuals, just through watching people do things. And I know Bladen, it was new to him. My, my dad was another crew member once it was very new to him. So technically it was at least three people just like learning nonstop eight days on how to do filmmaking from this one person. And and like, like Bladen said, you know, like at some point we just didn't have the time not to, to just do it, you know, to just forget what we don't know and and try. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's what it takes to really capture something worth watching even. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the whole motivation of the film is, you know, I, I could have just sat around for another year and, and, and done nothing, but I really wanted to earn that, that credit of a filmmaker or, or artist, And, and I was just like, you know, if, if, if this is what I want to do, I got to go do it. No matter if it's a, a trashed or piece that, <laughs> well 2020 has or been like, a dumpster fire so yeah. i mean yeah. like <laughs> so so along those lines of reaching that goal you mentioned that you finished the script uh something like a couple months before you started filming how long did it take you to write the script for space bangers and then on top of that how long did the whole process take from be- from beginning to end like once you started writing it you said you you filmed everything in eight days and then, of course, there's post-production. Because uh, you were telling us about this uh, a year ago. You were making plans for when you wanted to release it. How long did that whole creative process take? Um, when you add in pre-production, probably like two years and five months. So for those who don't uh, know, what, what all, sorry to interrupt, but what all goes into the pre-production? What exactly is that? Well, the, the first step is, is the idea and and the script phase. And I kind of just, the idea actually came from an experience I had um, living in LA. I was walking through Venice and these two like stoner type characters were on the side of the road and one of them like screamed across the road. He was like, hey, Elijah. And I thought I like knew this guy, but I didn't. And it was a really weird experience. And then he started telling me like, Hey, the, the world's going to end in like six years. And I, I, I remembered sort of a weird story, but I, I remembered that when I was in Morocco and the, the rough draft took two months to, to get a full, like a 98 page that 
was okay done, and then it took a month to really revise that and make it better. And then the next phase was, you know, getting the the actors on board, figuring out when we're going to do this, where we're going to do this. That would have been when I contacted Bladen for help. And then we uh, showed up in Indiana, and I think we were there for a good month or two, sort of um, building sets, uh, going to locations to uh, get agreements and, and approvals, and then eight days of filming, and then like two years of um, uh, post-production, which was editing, uh, finding music, doing Foley, um, which to me I thought was going to be the easiest process, but due to like copyright stuff, um, finding people that would work for either really cheap or free was was very difficult. So and and there were a few mishaps. Um, in our living situation in, in Savannah that kind of put a toll on things. Um, and yeah, like it, it, it took two years to, to edit and do stuff like that. And Does that answer your question or? <laughs> yes, no, ab- absolutely. So it's, it's a long drawn out process, which coming from the music world, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about the film world, but that's not unlike the way that, uh, some music projects go as well. So I guess it's it's kind of nice yeah. to, to know that you're not well, alone in that sort of thing. Yeah. And ultimately, after all this time and the, you know, the the expectations of, like, the, the post-production going to be easier than what it actually turned out, do you feel like the film turned out better than what you expected it to? Or did you think it ended up not quite reaching your your expectations? I like to think that putting in uh, as much of myself as I could into this, it, it did get to the point where I, I was, I guess, beating a dead horse. It, it, it ended up being as good as it ever could have been with um, the fact that we shot it in eight days. So there was, there was a lot of things that just didn't work out and, and like, the, the script had things we just didn't film because we didn't have the time or money. That was another reason why it took so long is just piecing something together that's actually tangible. And, uh, yeah, I think, it, I think it ended up being the best it ever could have been. You mentioned there was some stuff that didn't work out. Uh, how much of the stuff that you guys filmed or that you attempted uh, didn't work out? I mean, do you feel like most of it went the way that you wanted it to? Or was there, you know, a significant amount of stuff that either you just weren't able to do or just got cut? Well, I mean, if if, if I had a bigger budget, that would have been awesome. <laughs> That's but, always the answer. More money, right? <laughs> yeah, more money. Like, you know, I, but at the same time, a lot of the, the learning and experience, like, came from the fact that we had no money. And, yeah, I don't know. I think... There was a lot of things during the process of making this movie that that was al- that was very reassuring. Like, I think you call them like synchronicities or, or stuff like that. Like, if we wanted a room blue, like 
we would walk into specifically Bladen's house and everything was blue in there. If, if there was a ditch in the road and we needed to drive the car over it, we ended up finding like this piece of junk house siding that was reinforced uh, in a ditch or something. And we, we put it there like all sorts of stuff like that. And it, it was almost reassuring that, you know, we, we were on a, a good path. And at the end of the day, like there are things that, that I, I wish could be better, but I wouldn't trade them for, for experience and, uh, the, just the learning that you get from just going out and doing something like this. You mentioned filming in Bladen's house there. Uh, where did you find all the locations that you guys filmed at? Uh, I, I remember you said that these were shot in various places in, in Martin and Davies County. Uh, did you find those <laughs> locations as you were filming or was that part of the, the pre-production as well where you plan out uh, all that in advance? I would say a majority of it was pre-production because, as you guys know, I'm from southern Indiana, mm -hmm. um, from Odin. So a lot of the the locations were in my mind. Like, I knew there was a motel in Lagodi. I, I knew of the, the bobber stop. Um, I knew that the town of Eleonora, which is at the beginning of the film, I knew it was probably a, a a good place where there would be nobody there um you know bladen's house specifically like was one of those weird things that you know he he was living there and and it's written in the script that spider-man busts through a window and falls to the ceiling i walk into bladen's house and he's like yeah there's this like hole in the ceiling <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, this is perfect just it like just fall through the ceiling because so. like a, a month a month before he asked me about it we uh we had an uh, an in-window air conditioner unit and we didn't tilt it back far enough okay. and so it <laughs> ran in to the house through the floor of the upstairs and then like we were all of a sudden there eating dinner one day me and my two roommates and like just quiet conversation and then the the dining room just and like ceiling power, <laughs> white dust. We're sitting there, and we oh like we all stop. We like look up, and our food's covered in like ceiling tiles and shit like that. And you know, Elijah's like, "Hey, you know, this would look really good on the movie." <laughs> and so that sounds like something straight out of a movie. <laughs> and the the pieces where yeah. he falls in from the ceiling are actual pieces from the ceiling that have fell down. <laughs> so, so what do yeah, we do? We rigged that with like a cardboard box. We had the Times Square Spider Guy, his name's uh, Brayton Kalis, yeah. that's the actor. But we had him stand on this ladder, which was terrifying because you have this very <laughs> large man on a very small ladder. Jumping off and landing on a very small love seat. <laughs> yeah, the whole house shook. <laughs> this sounds like something straight out of Jackass. <laughs> Oh. Maybe that's the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. If you need any extra actors, let me know. <laughs> but yeah, jump through anything, things, anytime. Yeah. Things really did just kind of like 
You can you say know, they fell the, into the place. Sh- <laughs> with all the short like time we had to work on it, it did really feel like things went smoothly for like everything that we were trying to do. It always seemed like something would come up that would allow us to do that. And Providence. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that and I think, you know, a lot of just um, being in a rushed state, in a, in a state of, like, we've got to get this done, like, really amps up your creativity and, and you just start seeing, like, elements. Oh, we can use that. We can film there. We can get this angle. And, and that kind of helped, too, but... Well, I, I think... Uh... The cave scene with the with the oh, snow, I think that Dude. is by far yeah. one of my favorite favorite shots I've ever seen from any video. Like, and it's just you know we showed up that day not expecting it to snow, and it just it just briefly just snowed, and it was it was yeah, a- it snowed when we got there, and as we were leaving, it stopped. Hmm. <laughs> There's a time and place for everything, man. Just, Interesting. That place yeah, is actually man. one of my. Leave that's, your baggage at the door, man. Shake <laughs> that ass and watch yourself. <laughs> so, I, I have a thought that just popped into my head because I've wondered this different times as we've shot. Uh, we ran into this too, as we've shot different bits here and there uh, for some music stuff. Did you have to get permission to film at any places where you shot stuff, or did you just do it guerrilla style where you just kind of showed up, did your thing as quickly as you could, and got out before anybody really noticed what you were doing? Because I imagine if there were people around uh, with the outrageousness of the, the get-ups and some of the action that uh, someone probably would have raised an eyebrow or two. Well, there were. <laughs> um, yes, we, we did look up all the the laws in indiana and uh, apparently all the permitting laws are very you know we didn't need any permits in indiana um for just legality reasons or is that even a word i don't know yeah. but i believe legality one is I yeah. Think that's a word, yeah yeah but like um we did get documents signed for every location uh just because it's always good to. Of course. Yeah. But, um, you know, like the, the streets of Eleanora, for instance, we, we didn't need anything signed because that's, that's city-owned. So mm-hmm. we didn't need the city's permission or anything. That, that goes to the whole state of Indiana. But, like, for instance, the, the scene when they're, they're looking into the pot and they're in this, like, place and they're... they're uh, dancing and singing like we had to go to a certain guy and get get that signed which was a pretty wild story this guy lived in like a trailer park but he owned all the trailers and he was the only one living there and i guess he just owned all these buildings in eleanora uh monopoly on we had the to get permission park, from the el dorado motel yeah who Thanks to them, they, they let us uh, do that free of charge and all this stuff. Which is another Indiana thing, you know, like people are really nice. You know, if you go to L.A. or really any major city, they're going to charge you to film somewhere. Was there any place that did charge you to film here in Indiana? 
No. Well, I guess that works no out. Nowhere at all. <laughs> you also filmed that uh, Lonely Nights, right? Yeah, Lonely, the bar scene and uh, the scene in the alley before that was at Lonely Nights. That's the alley I, of Lonely Nights. I was going to say, we, um, <clears throat> through the numerous times that the bands that I've been involved with have played there, uh, I always recognize the, the dumpster. And first time watching it, of all things, like the day that it really, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the day of the release, I watched it and I had this like overwhelming feeling during the, the scene before they go in. And I'm like, I know this place. Why? And then Bladen uh, and I watched it uh, pre, or a, a day later, I believe. And so it was my second time watching it. And I'm like, I think I know where this is. He's like, yeah, this is over there. And I'm like, I've been in that dumpster. I, I know because like uh, 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 probably thrown up in that dumpster. I throw, yeah, I throw down. <laughs> yeah. I throw down. <laughs> but uh, the reason why I remember is because the best way to load our gear um, for both occasions or, or with both bands that I've played with there, um, the best way that you can get in there as far as getting your equipment in there and not running into anybody or making any problems is through that back door in that back alleyway section, because the back door actually leads directly to the stage, which is really really convenient for stuff like that. Um. But uh, I do have one more question, though. Um, the scene that follows when you're in Lonely Nights, so I, I won't say anything about the movie, but the scene that follows when you open the door, is that at Lonely Nights as well, or is that at a different location when you uh, see stuff? Uh, are you speaking of the scene with the hippies? Yes. Uh, that is actually in a garage, my my mom's garage. She let us use it, okay. and we cool. put up tapestries and all sorts of stuff. So the door they walk into is like a a boiler room, I guess. They, that's because where I, their water heater is. Be, because I've seen that room, and I'm like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. You'd have to be on something. Movie to, magic. You'd have to be on something, of course, to think that there was something there, but... Strangely enough, they were. <laughs> yeah, many, the how power many, of... How many pots do you guys smoke before you made this movie? <laughs> did you say pots? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. The, 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 one, the thing I remember most about that scene is the gal trying to to lick the, the little lights. Because yeah. there's, the, there's the lights that have the tiny little you know, beams or whatever, and she's trying to lick, lick it on her tongue. On that note, the, there are a number of uh, great... Uh, Outrageous and over-the-top performances in this, which I guess is, is a theme kind of throughout the, the whole movie. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the characters? And, and you know, were there any... Uh, do you ever have any moments as where you're, you're filming something and the, the performance kind of, like, cracks you up while you're trying to film it and, and, you, and you've got to, like, you know, redo it or whatever? Um, off the top of my head, I don't think a lot I, I think i mean specifically because you know this is an environment the the girls uh, are that are the main actors actresses mm -hmm. they uh they really are trying to do this for a living so the level of professionalism with just them and and you know i want to be an actor too and 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 uh, Bladen wants to be an actor. Like, 
I think we kind of kept our cool uh, the best we could. There were, like, moments that, you know, something happened off <laughs> off camera that would make us laugh or, or just make us get out of character and have to refilm it. I But, um, huh? Uh, the only, I was trying to think of, like, you know, some instances as well. And I felt like all the times we were filming, it was just, like, you know, it was game on. Like we were all like very like straight face getting like to the point. But a lot of a lot of like the laughs are just like setting up or like in between shots. Um, and like my personal favorite was when we were uh, with that that cauldron scene. We had to like clear out that area a little bit. And there was like a cushion or something that needed that we were going to use or something like that. And we had to cover We had to get the dust off of it. So I took it outside and I was hitting it with a stick, like trying to get the the dust off it. I was bent over just whacking it. And the girls were in the car and they were and, you know, they after I finished whacking it, I checked my phone and there's a video of me sitting there whacking it. And they they oh, played man. the Game of Thrones the theme song as it like. At, like from a distance of them in the car of me whacking this cushion and then like it would zoom in and stuff as like the music got increasingly like more intense and to this day it's probably it's still on my instagram like it's one of my favorite videos so that's like my my number one like funniest thing um but yeah no i i personally don't think like whenever we were filming it was pretty it was just like you know very straight to the point professionalism do you have any other yeah. uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh -huh. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, the, the the characters are written in a way that's like almost so so wild that you know when you're acting, as soon as you're you're in that role, you are in that role. Like, and especially on the girls' part, and some of the characters I played, and it's just like. You, you go in knowing that this is going to be over the top. Like, it's going to be weird. It's going to be wild. And it kind of, like, I want to say gives you that thing in the back of your head that's, the you know, would, would, would keep you from laughing because you already know it's going to be dumb. <laughs> On that note, uh, those two gals, both uh, outstanding performances, uh, can you can you tell everybody who they are real quickly? Uh, Chandler Ryan and McKenna Hardy. Yeah, those are the two main actresses. They both did a, a a great job in that, and you can tell really get into character and and just like and kind of make the film. They pull it off really really great. Very good, actually. Yeah. Along with that, do you have any other like memorable moments or mishaps throughout making this? I mean, I, I don't know specifically. I think it was just, you know, because this was like two years ago. So a lot of the most memorable things were just, just learning from all this and, and, and seeing little moments in it that, you know, if, if that wouldn't have happened, if this, moment wouldn't have happened or something like maybe the film wouldn't have turned out as good as it did 
what what kind but, of things did you learn? Did you learn anything like the hard way mm-hmm. where you tried something and it went terribly wrong and you had to change course? Uh, more so just like the art of of filmmaking, like and, and the the aspects of being an artist where you you just kind of you have to do it. You have to go out and you have to if you're a creative person, you got to do your due diligence and go out and and make art or something that might change someone's life or give them a little bit of laughter in that day or make them think or you know just just share more experiences with the world that aren't there which even though 2020 is like wild crazy right now and, and everyone's going nuts like we we still are living in a time where where there are people that now have the opportunity to to share good messages you yeah. know like very true. They didn't have that 60 years ago. You had to uh, write a book, get it published, stuff like that. But now anybody can share a message like uh, this. I think uh, – now, I, I don't know if you intended uh, the line the, during the cave scene. Wanna, I'm trying not to give too too much away. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. Just – uh, okay like um well you know when one of the characters is coming to a realization um it, there's a line in there where it's like you know it's not verbatim but it's like y- you your thoughts have like misled you and now like since you thought like it it's misled you and it's left you alone basically like you have overthought these things so much that it's like led you astray and now we're like you found yourself here you know um and i don't know if you like meant that to be a very impactful line or not um but like it's one line that really stood out to me and it wasn't until the third time i watched the movie i was like oh like because like i was like oh that's that's what i would say is the the entire gist of the movie is that one line and yeah um you know, going back to the beginning of this podcast, the whole the whole elevator pitch of space bangers. I guess I could say that. You know, it is weird. It is wild. It is crazy. But my intent was that there is philosophy uh, mixed into these like crazy, uh, raunchy humor type places where. Um, you know, something something may, like, get into somebody's head that they need to learn. And, and the theme is, is essentially just, like, how our beliefs can get to a point where we're legitimately harming our own reality, which is why there's so many characters in the film that are for themselves. They're crazy. Everyone, I mean, the girls themselves and everyone they meet has got like some agenda they're pushing that doesn't necessarily uh, help humanity. It 
it more so spreads insanity. It spreads chaos. Uh, their own agendas, basically, and um, I don't know. Maybe it takes three watches. I I really don't know, but that that kind of is the the motive is to bring that out and um, share to people like uh, change is possible in the world and. You know, part of it was the the story of Jonah and the whale from from the biblical uh, text. How, uh, you know, it's crazy to say, but at that time, like I, I was really ingrained in that story and how um, uh, Jonah was this like prophet guy that was told to go to Nineveh, but. When you really read his lines, he, he seems like like the people of Nineveh were, were not good enough. You know, they're just like they're too bad to to go forth and, and share the message. And, you know, we probably all know he ended up in the fish and, and he had to learn for himself that like, you know, everybody deserves a little bit of of compassion, you know, just because all these people are like appear as bad people to you doesn't mean they are. That's that's a pretty powerful message, especially for this day and age, especially with what's going on like right now. Very exactly. fitting. You know what I mean? In a way. I mean, because I, I feel that. I feel that big time, man. Because, you know, I, I've, I've got people that differ from me politically. You know, let's, I mean, let's face it, we all do. Yeah. Uh, but the the... The thing that's hard to forget, you know, or, or the thing that's easy to forget is like a lot of these people that differ from you uh, are the people right next to you, people that you're around day by day. I mean, I can, you know, I can name at least a few people at work that I know politically we are way off base, but doesn't mean they're bad people. And like you say, it doesn't mean they don't deserve compassion. You know, everybody comes from a different place, a different period in their life. You never know what someone's going through, or, uh, yeah, compassion is everything. Yeah, and I mean, I mm. I really got that with watching it. Like the first time was for the you know was for the spectacle, the second time was for the message, and then the third time you know it was I really got the like it was more about like okay like what's the what's the symbolism what's the philosophy like behind this like what's the deeper message. And I feel like the film does all three really well. Um, if you just actually sit down and like Thank just you. watch it. Um, and, <laughs> and I mean, I'm not being like biased about that because I'm in it. Like, like I truly like from an outside, like, like from an outside viewpoint watching it, I stand by those, those, you know, what I just said there. No, I will agree with Bladen. I think that's what I, I think I appreciate most about the movie is that, Although, perhaps on its surface, it is a very uh, wild, perhaps even absurd story. Uh, there is uh, a, a philosophical message behind it. And it feels like it all kind of culminates there at the end, at that moment that Blade mentioned at the, at, at the beginning of this. Um, and, and suddenly it all, it all kind of comes together. And I'm not sure whether 
maybe you 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 purposely wrote it that way or just throughout the story that message just kind of rises to the surface uh but it's there nonetheless and and i think that's kind of what what makes it for me yeah me too like at the end that was my like the aha moment mm -hmm. i was like okay it all makes sense like you know what i mean and it was a great message at the end like i i liked it i don't know if you can hear me but i liked it <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> towards no. the end, I will. I, I will say personally, me I too. Like, like while everyone's throwing their opinions in, um, toward towards the end, like everything does come full circle, and it seems to really, it, it really grasps you in a way. And I feel like Definitely. maybe anybody differently than others, I would think that. But like, second time watching it through, like I definitely noticed it more the less like since I was able to look more in depth with it and it's usually what I do with like movies or even music I tend to take a second look and really study it to see you know well what what is there about this that I can gain from it to make help me understand it more from my perspective and um that being said watching it that second time through once the this particular scene comes through where it all kind of comes full circle and I, I, I guess in a way what we could say is the climax of it um the second time watching through i was just like this is perfect like it, it definitely it struck me personally as this is really really good there's meaning behind the chaos right. and i think you know yeah. definitely you gotta you gotta and i mean you know shit that's life basically like all i don't know if you're familiar with like you know if you base this off of like any like absurdist philosophy or theater of the absurd or anything like that. Um, but it, it definitely is a absurd film, um, in the philosophical context, I guess. So it's just meaning within the madness. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, the intent was, was definitely there. Um, as a, on a personal level, I, I really love comedies. But at a certain point, you're you're digesting stories with no meaning, and and I kind of really wanted to find a, a common grounds on on building a story that is wild and hilarious, um, sometimes even uh, raunchy and and profane, but also a story like that you know when you get to the end like all that hilarity all that like insanity it can just be chalked off as like wow we're human you know uh there's people like this i have thoughts like this maybe not that crazy but you know what i'm saying and yeah I'm sure that's what every crazy person thinks. Yeah. Well, I'm not <laughs> that crazy. <laughs> In a room full of artists, uh, it's a, that's a very common thought. Um, speaking, Man, that guy's really crazy. I'm speaking of uh, of the end and taking it back to uh, funny moments, I guess, um, which you added at the uh, the end of the video was the the heart, you know, the heartfelt scene, and then you just hear. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we had to cut it. And it was <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's in the bloopers. That 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 probably was one of those moments we all lost. It, it like... <laughs> that, that's the one time I think we were we were we were shooting, and then just right before she delivered her line. And she tried to keep on going, but we just all lost it. Uh, yeah, it was like the most. I think it was like probably the the the, the line in the movie that's like <laughs> delivers the message. And in the first take, you just hear this like the grossest old man <laughs> fart coming from my dad in the left corner. Uh. And he's like, "My bad." <laughs> <laughs> And he walks away. I think uh, <laughs> I think another highlight of uh, all all of it was just was was a blast, um, and it, it was overall really it was a great learning experience for myself, and overall just a a, a great time, um, and you know one of those times where when we were designing the room for the the Times Square Spider Man guy. And we had to, uh, you know, I, clutter it up. And you pulled out a case of like shock tops or and like other various beers. And you're like, well, let's get to drinking. We need these for the, sh you know, the, the set. And I was like, we oh. need blue cans. Yeah. So it was like, just drink anything blue that we possibly can. And that's what we did that night. And, you know, it was, it was a uh, professional drinking. It was a. It yeah, was I a. Drank Pepsi, but that's no fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either, either way, it was a banger. He should have. He should have hired us for that. We'd have been. Yeah, perfect. for real. We could have got you like fifty blue cans in like two hours. <laughs> he would have been. Swimming, he would have been swimming through a sea of beer cans in that little thing. <laughs> and we would have done it for free. <laughs> we would have brought our own beer. I'm just saying. Like, we would have been there in full for support. Next time, though, you got you got the you got the conscious effort crew. Yeah, so so on on a note, uh, before we wrap up, uh, do you have anything else going on? Uh, what are you, what are your plans from here? You got plans for uh, a, a a second film? Are you doing any acting? A sequel? Uh, yes. What's Space Bangers what's, Two? What's over the horizon in the world of Elijah? Well, um, I have written a lot of uh, features within the span of time we made this within the two years um i have three features i've i've technically written um that i would love to make one day uh i've also uh, been writing a lot of uh novels um i don't have anything released yet but uh, i i think i'm gonna end up releasing my debut novel somewhere around christmas that's my hopes um, I know Bladen and I talked about, he, he has an idea for mm -hmm. a, a possible film and, uh, we're going to bang that out over this, uh, November. I'm pretty sure either that or we'll yeah, I mean, get possibly. banged. So like, yeah, like there are a lot of, I, I want to continue this. I, I would like to keep making movies, I think but you definitely should do that. I agree. Yeah, for me, there there is, like, the desire for growth, too, though. Um, 
I, I, I guess I, I kind of tread on, on my own message of just going out and doing it. But I would like the next project to have a, a little bit, to be a little bit better, to have a little bit more production to it. Less, at least a pack of burritos rather than just one burrito. Yeah. <laughs> but like a Taco I, Bell 12 pack? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, yeah, that, that, that's like, the budget I, I want. Maybe like a, 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 a two <laughs> cheeseburger <laughs> slider from uh, the freezer section. Ne- next time we're drinking Bud Light instead of Bush Light. Uh, yeah. There we go. Uh, moving up in the world yeah but which i think yeah, i mean other than that uh i will be coming to indiana uh mid-november we plan on having a showing uh november 21st at like six o'clock um i think there's other things going on then but if uh, anyone wants to show up um that would be great and then do you know can, where that uh, will be it'll be the simon j graber complex we rented out that building and we uh, made a screen and whatnot. And where is where is that at? I think the zip code lands it in like Odin, Indiana. Okay. So, oh, or near Odin or Eleanora. Okay. It, I want to say it's. Is in that there. on Montgomery Road or Candleburg Road? It's Montgomery Road, right? I a long time ago I played there, I and so. I want to okay. say it's like. I'm pretty an Odin sure it's. Area. it's road you said it's the Simon J. Graber Complex, correct? I want to say it's an Odin area. Yeah, community complex or something like that. And that's on November 21st. You're going to have a screening of Space Bangers. Is this the first screening you've had? Yeah, this will be the first in-person screening. Right on. Sounds like a Maybe grand... the only. Hey, hopefully it's not the only. Uh, it, it, it sounds like it's, it's shaping up to be a grand old time, and I, and I hope it goes over very well. And uh, I'm looking forward to that, that debut novel as well. If people want to follow you to, to find out, what else you have in the works and, and what other creative things you're working on? Where can they do that? Where can they find you at? Um, well, obviously they can find me on Facebook or Instagram, but I do have my website, which is, uh, again, www.southboundproductions.com. And that's where I'm trying to compile all my work and maybe in the future, uh, build a, a a bigger type brand where other people are involved, uh, other films and whatnot. You know, it's just, it's still on the ground, but hopefully it'll grow wings. With enough Red Bull. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. You just got to just keep at it. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. You just have to keep at it. And I think you have, so far with what you've done, I think you have a good uh, start on that. Whatever movie idea this is that you and Bladen have that you're conjuring up, know that I, oh for sure, I, I've always kind of wanted to be, like, a helper in any project. Kendall is volunteering to, to be an well, e He's going to, if you need a boom man, boom let man. me know. Yeah. I will be a boom man. And I'm going to, but I'm going to extend the invitation on behalf of everybody here at Conscious Effort. If you need any blue cans, call us. Mm. We'll drink all the blue cans. It'll be fine. We that's that's we'll what we specialize. We'll <laughs> sign on the rude, the crude, the socially unacceptable crew. Yes, there yes. And then and then you know you, you can sell off all the signed Hair blue bang. cans from the movie, <laughs> raise some more money for the next movie. It's a perfect plan. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah, like five cents a can, isn't it? Yeah, and you sell yeah. enough of them. I Maybe mean, in Nebraska or you something. You buy two packs of burritos for the next movie. Uh huh. Progress, baby. Cost to drink them. 
oh, free. nothing. Yeah, we're doing them now. <laughs> yeah, like that's that is our public service. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're we're starting the the blue can connect, uh, collection right now as we speak. <laughs> so when you need them, you just give us a call. Now we'll give you a great some, deal on them. Now you just need somebody with a mail truck, you know, and Seinfeld reference. Oh, okay. oh yeah, 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 the oh, mail truck. Sorry, I don't get it. The mail truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I don't get it. Well, for you, for Scott. you. Or anything. Pardon me. No soup for you. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Ryan has encountered a fellow uh, Seinfeldian. For well, once, well, my finally. Dad, my dad just buried Seinfeld down my throat when I was young. Oh, so you've he been couldn't walk into a room with a TV and not have Seinfeld. So you've met somebody <laughs> like me before, huh? <laughs> no. No, Seinfeld is great. Especially it's on the a it's a cult. Yes. <laughs> well, well I, goddamn, we can we cannot end on a better note than that. Is, yeah. I guess we'll have to have you back on for the, the cult podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, definitely not a cult oh podcast. <laughs> Elijah, it's been great having you on, man. Um, I think you definitely Do I have to drink any blood or um, uh, as long as it comes from blue cans. Only on your second visit. Second visit. So. There's levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second and visit has to be in person fees. as well. You gotta, you you gotta go through. It's like you, you, we, we don't go clear. We go slightly opaque. You know, Scientology. Anyway. I know. I'm just on a different level. It's fine. All right. <laughs> Before oh, the no, shit no, no, show no. gets <laughs> derailed even further. Oh, What's his name? He, he was on like a boat with a bunch of strippers and then. He was like a sci-fi writer and ended L. Ron up straight in front of Yeah, L. Ron Hubbard. And talk about it. <laughs> Guy's a legend. Like, oh, no, I, no, it's, yep. that's, see, that's, well. that's, that's, that's borderline. People actually do. It is a religion. <laughs> oh I mean, but good God. Yeah. Oh, like, talk about a charlatan. All right. Anyway. Yeah. For the third time, Elijah. It's been great having you out, man, being on the podcast. It's fun talking to you. You dropped some informational bombs about the film industry and for your debut feature film, Space Bangers, which you can find at www.southboundproductions.com or hit us up on, you know, social media and we'll probably direct you to the links. Um, but yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. Yes. Uh, yes, I hope oh, so. Yeah, I look forward to it. Need to record more music. That'd be cool. So. Yeah, uh, podcast aside, I don't know. I will be in Indiana for all of December, probably. So let's make art. Hell yeah. Well, sounds like a plan for December. We look forward to seeing you then. Hope you take it easy until then. And uh, from the dangly things in the back of our throat, we wish you the best. Ha 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 ha!